Hi everyone, welcome back. And here with a um, really special guest today, Francesca Cervero, who is uh, a great yoga teacher, first of all. And, and if she did that, that would be enough of a reason to have her on here to get to learn from her wisdom. She's been teaching for a long time. But more than that, she's, um, she's a really innovative yoga teacher in that she's, um, after working in New York City and teaching yoga and being a dancer, she um, went through an injury which, um, which really made her reevaluate her, her whole body and relationship to it. And I'll let her get more into that. Um, but what, what she started to do is she started to focus on teaching private yoga lessons and built this amazing business out of, of teaching private yoga lessons for a number of years in New York. And um, I'll let her get into a little bit more about what that looked like. So it's really, it's really amazing how many people that she connected with one-on-one and, and how much she realized the skill set that was necessary for it. And what she's starting to do now is starting to bring it out into the world and teach other people how to teach private yoga lessons through um, her teacher trainings and her online training, which uh, she's just launching right now, The Science of Teaching Private. I've, I've gotten to know Francesca uh, in the Washington, D.C. area is, is an awesome co-teacher and, um, and as a friend, too, is just a really lovely human being who's asking some awesome questions about life and, and how to build a business that feels authentic. And so we, we like to meet and drink tea and talk about these, these big life questions. And I, I had the thought, like, maybe we should record some of this because I think, I think maybe it could be helpful to other people. So... I'm excited to dive into a conversation with you, Francesca, and I really want to thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me, Gracie. I'm excited to be here as well. Nice. Well, I, I'd love to just, you know, I, I know your story a little bit, but I'd love to hear it again, and I'd love to introduce listeners to, to what helped you to, to find your path of, of teaching private yoga lessons and helping other people to do the same. Yeah, sure. So um, it could be a really long story, but I'll tell the sort of shortened version, which is that I started teaching yoga quite young. I was 22 years old when I did my first teacher training program and began, you know, the, the hustle that is an early yoga teaching life. And I was dancing at the same time. Um, but very early on, like a year, less than a year into teaching yoga, I had a really serious injury where I, I tore all the cartilage in my left hip. And I spent the next two years on a healing journey that involved me walking with a cane for about two years. And through that time, I couldn't dance, but I could teach yoga, um, at least partially because the, the wonderful training that I had at Om Yoga Center taught me to teach yoga without demonstrating any of the poses, but really how to they taught me how to articulate and use verbal teaching to, um, to meet even the most basic students. So I was able to continue teaching through that injury, um, although it was emotionally very challenging and at times physically challenging as well, just to like get around New York City on a cane <laughs> at 22 years old, when kind of broke, new yoga teacher. Um, but that time in my life really taught me what self-care meant on like a deep cellular level because as a very young new teacher to have anything at who couldn't practice asana you know to have anything at all to teach my students that I hoped was useful and meaningful to them required extremely deep inner work into my own 
inner life. And, and so that deepened my teaching just in general quite a bit. Um, and then the journey into private yoga started at the same time. And that was, that was a little bit random. I had a, a friend of mine who was a little older than me and sort of several years ahead of me in the teaching world passed down a private client to me um, because she wanted to be at her home studio in Brooklyn more. And it was an awesome experience. I, w- I had a blast working with this student, and she recommended me to a friend who then recommended me to her husband who had a lot of really meaningful change happen in his life as a result of our work together, and I started teaching all of the guys in his firm. And so it was this very natural and organic process from being a, a new yoga teacher to being a very full-time private-only yoga teacher. Um, It took a few years for that to happen. And then once I'd been teaching like, you know, 20 plus, sometimes 25 private clients a week for many years. Um, And I had healed from my injury at this point. So I was able to run around New York City with a little more ease. I was able to have my own asana and physical practice again. And so that really that made teaching feel so much easier. Um, And I was just teaching a really fun, full-time, private schedule. And it was after many years of doing that and getting asked all the time by yoga teacher friends of mine, you know, how it was that I had so many private clients. And mind you, this is without any business know-how, without a website, without a Facebook page, without, it was only through word of mouth. Um, And so it was then that I began working on some curriculum that turned into what is now the science of the private lesson. That's sort of the the windy path over the last 10 years that that has led me here. Thank you. I love it. And it's uh, it's cool to hear, because if you just go to Francesca's website, which is francescasrivera.com, it's like a beautiful website, and like everything you put out there is so awesome and really conveys your spirit. And it's cool to just know that the roots of it come from like this super humbling experience. Um, because I just I know from the outside when, when when I look at somebody who's accomplished, I always think that their path is easier than mine. Like this is like this place yeah. that comes into my head. It's like, well, they yeah. you know they just had all these breaks that I didn't have, and I'm like, no, your path came from like you going from like a dancing world into walking with a cane and like not being able to even demonstrate these yoga poses. And like I I hear that there's just like from because I know for myself that what's really helped me the most is some of those most humbling moments where I'm just I, I feel like just really knocked down, and it's in yeah. those moments that I've I've been able to to pick myself up with with a, a different kind of spirit and bring the work into the world from a different place. And is is that feel accurate to you? Do you feel like that that humbling beginning is really like the secret in some ways? That's it's beautifully said, Gracie. I'm I'm thinking it's like you know, I've only had my path, right? And so I kind of can't imagine it any other way. I do think that that really challenging beginning made me a better teacher, for sure. And it made me, um, it gave me, I studied a huge amount of anatomy and therapeutics, partly as a result of that. So it gave me a lot of tools and skills to work with people one-on-one that I may not have discovered otherwise. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think the breakdown then can't help but build you like you get built back stronger you know but it's also been 
it's been a windy path in some ways, you know? So it's like, I, I just can't quite imagine it. I can't quite imagine it any other way. Totally. Yeah. And it's, I, I mean, for me, it feels like I have to like, once I make peace with what's happening in the present moment, like I look around at, you know, my coaching programs that are, they're imperfect, but they're thriving at the same time. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Um, and I see that this work that I'm, doing right now feels really meaningful to me and to my clients and, and I look back at every single thing I've had to go through along the past and I'm like, all of that's been necessary. That's like always what I what I think to myself. Like it was yeah. needed to happen. Absolutely. I de- that I feel very strongly. You know, it's like everything that's happened so far has led me here and I feel so happy about where I am right now that I wouldn't have changed any of that any of those early experiences that were so challenging. And I think that that's always happening. You know, it's like there's so much that's good about my life right now. And then, of course, there are the hard things as well. And so, but there, those are, um, you know, making me dig into my own self in a more deep way. It's, you know, strengthening my ability to be in intimate relationship in a healthy way. Like whatever the hard things that are going on, it's possible to not to just like look on the bright side of them, but to to use them to go fully into whatever darkness is there and and then it can it can turn into something beautiful if you if you do the work doing the work I know, I know. <laughs> so, yeah, that so should just wise. be like the tagline on my you know it's like that's just my answer for everything it's just do do the work and like anything is possible if you're willing to really do the hard job of letting yourself see the truth that's there and learning to support and take care of yourself in whatever hard truth is in front of you right now. I love that. I think, I think it's, it's just a really powerful formula. So it's not, you're not trying to avoid anything, but you're, you're, instead you're going into it uh, what's challenging and what's difficult and what a lot of people might try to actually arrange their whole entire lives around trying to avoid. But that yeah. um, what I hear in there is that the self-care is really what helps you to go into it. So can you speak a little bit more about how that, how that played out in your story? Is it the teacher, teacher yeah. trainer? Like how does, how does self-care help you when you are doing the work? Yeah, well, being a yoga teacher, doing anything really, but from, my, from what I know is being a yoga teacher, and especially being a private yoga teacher, requires a massive amount of vulnerability. It's an extremely vulnerable place to be, to put yourself sort of in a position as a leader, right, as a, as a teacher, and, and be extremely imperfect, you know, and have a ton of your own hang-ups and physical issues and, and without, you know, knowing a fraction of everything there is to know about the human body and the human psyche and the history of yoga and the way it all intertwines. Like, it's, we're just such imperfect leaders. And so that, but leaders nonetheless, and I feel really strongly about, and something I teach in my training, how to take a strong seat as the teacher because your students need that to feel safe and to feel nurtured. So it's, it's just like it's, it's an extremely vulnerable place to be and to put yourself, you know, and because I didn't set out to only teach private clients because nobody really taught me in a, in a real systematic way how to teach private clients. I learned this on the job, like in the trenches. And, and I, because I was so busy teaching, uh, you know, at one point, like I just had, I was forced to, the only way I could show up as a good teacher 
injured or not, was to, was to take really good care of myself. And I was forced to, to kind of create like a little self-care toolbox or else I just literally couldn't make it through my day. You know, and, and the other thing is, I guess I could have made it through my day, but because I have a habit of thinking in a, critically about my teaching, and not to say critically negatively, but critically as in like really observing what is working well, what didn't work well, I really, I look at my own teaching still and with a, with a critical eye to, to continue to, to improve and to be better. And what I saw when I looked, when I look at my teaching is that the more grounded and focused and awake I am, the more I am able to be a vessel for the teachings that are coming through me. And so it was just like with that knowledge that, and at first it was, it was really unconscious that I started doing this. And then I started doing it in a more intentional and conscious way, but it was like, what do I need to do to take care of myself right now in the morning at the end of the day so that I can be fully present for the student that's sitting right in front of me? Cause, you know, I heard a beautiful quote from, from Judith Lasseter that I have written down in my notebook, and I teach in teacher trainings all the time. But it, I think she said, I hope I don't misquote it, but it's something like the only true job of a yoga teacher is to mirror back the inherent radiance and goodness of the student that's sitting right in front of us. Yeah, and to and to be able to do that, to mirror back that goodness that is already there, your your vessel has to be pretty clean, <laughs> you know. I know. <laughs> I know you know. I know you know. I know you know. I know you know. Well, it's the funniest thing when, um, like you um, or I, in this case, teach a, a course about self care, like. I realized, I'm like, oh, shoot, I really have to practice this, you know, like if I'm really going to, like, put this out there in the world, and, it's, and it's, which it doesn't mean that I don't, like you're saying, have those days where I just feel like my, my skin is, like, a centimeter thick, and I, I want to hide from the world, and, like, I, I'm not any different than anyone else, right? It's like I have my really, my days where I, I kind of would rather not do what I have to do that day, but mm-hmm. it, it's, like, to me to have a few, like you said, like to have your toolbox of like a few things. Like for me, it's like always like getting a good night's sleep, um, making sure that I have time to digest my food before eating the next meal. It's like simple stuff like that, but it's like I, I start to notice that if I can do that, then it's just like everything gets, it just, it's doable, you know, and it's, it's enjoyable yeah. too. It's more like the fear, the fear of showing up is always the scariest part. And then once I am there and I'm doing a call or I'm talking with a client or teaching a yoga class and I'm like, Oh, I really like this. You know, it's like the yeah. thing that maybe I was even kind of like freaked out about before. Is I can see in the moment that I have the energy that I need. Um, and I just, I just want to say too that like I know some of you are listening like, oh, well, I'm not a yoga teacher, but I, I think that what you said, the Judith Lasseter quote about like your only job is to like mirror back the radiance. Like mm-hmm. I, I love that idea for all of us, you know, that our job when we're yeah, talking absolutely. to our child is not to fix our child. It's to mirror back the radiance of our child with our own clear, strong presence. It's how we can be a partner. It's how we can be a friend. I, I think mm-hmm. it's a really revolutionary place just to interact with other people from what you're talking about. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And when you do, when you interact in, in your most intimate relationships in that way, the change is palpable, I've noticed. Totally. Oh, it's, it, 
it's uh, I I think it's kind of miraculous actually what can happen, and it's it's really what I use when I'm co- coaching is like I I don't really like, how do you, how do you get these results and like I just love my clients like I really do I'm like I just think they're awesome and I like admire them and I just I don't really feel like they need to change I just want to appreciate them for who they are and their right. power and then and then it's amazing what can actually happen when we're not so so bent on trying to like fix everything or fix ourselves so much. Um, well, and I'm, and I'm curious, what is that relationship like for you between this idea of like, because I think we can all get into it of like trying to, wanting to fix ourselves versus wanting to care mm-hmm. for ourselves. Like, do, do you feel mm-hmm. a distinction between those two in your own experience? Yeah, huge, because I spent a lot of years desperately trying to fix myself. You know, I mean, like in a really sort of extreme and aggressive way. You know, I was, a, I was a dancer, like sort of on a professional track. I have a BFA in modern dance performance. And that world teaches you how to work harder every day. Than, this is what I learned from the dance world. I learned that I should be working harder today than I did yesterday. And, and that, that it was never ending, the quest for perfectionism. And that it really, in my case, it doesn't necessarily have to, but in my case... It came from a really deep place of not feeling good enough and trying every day to run away from that feeling. And that turned me to a lot of really self-destructive behaviors. I was really hard on my body. Um, you know, dancing a lot is hard on it anyway, but I had a lot of movement patterns that were really unhealthy. So I had two hip surgeries before I was 24. You know, and I struggled with a pretty extremely disordered relationship to food and to eating for, you know, more than a decade. And so that was all from behavior that was me trying to fix myself, you know. And even when I was injured and and working to heal myself, it was like it's still I wanted to fix it, you know. I wanted to be smart enough and hardworking enough and clear about what I wanted enough that I could fix it and I would be better, you know. And it's a lesson I keep learning over and over and over again, that it's like there's nothing to be fixed. Okay. Yes. It was, it's funny. I was listening to you and I was like, okay, like, I want to know when did the big change happen? And it was like, and then you <laughs> said that. I'm like, oh, wait, we just keep learning this lesson over and over. Like, I still wanted to hear about the miraculous moment where you fixed yourself, you know. And then it's like, oh, no. We <laughs> totally. Just, we just practice self-care. Like, it's not, like, it always, for me, it comes back to the, that Pema Chodron quote, like, to give up all hope of fruition. Like, if you really want mm-hmm. to spiritually evolve, you just give up all hope of getting better. And, totally, and yeah. from that place, that's actually, the, paradoxically, it's the place where, like, real change can happen from because we're not, we're not demanding anything. We're not, like, it's coming to mind, it's like, that we're not living an illusion anymore, that, like, that there's yeah. something inside of us that, that needs to be fixed. It's coming from, like, a flawed thinking about it. Um, Big time. But, you know, yeah. for me, there was def- I definitely got, because I am such a physical person. Like, I experience everything viscerally in an extreme way. And so I have to, had so much help in learning this lesson for me of what feels like self-care versus self-improvement from this, like, physical healing modality that's called Feldenkrais. And it gets lumped in the same category as Alexander Technique. And it's a very simple, very um, gentle movement-based practice and exercise that's based on retraining 
your neuromuscular patterns and habits. Because, like, as we, it was developed by a man who was a physicist who had an injury, tore all the cartilage in his knees and was, was in a wheelchair and told he wouldn't ever walk again. And he started studying the way babies learn to move and the way young children learn to crawl and then walk. And, and the, initially, and it's amazing, if you've ever watched a baby try to, like, learn how to crawl, it is the most incredible thing because they can't figure out how to twist their body and step one hand and then one knee forward it's like it's a beautiful thing to watch you just they just like are on their hands and knees like rocking and crying and face planting and anyway so he so he started studying the way that process happened in the mind and in the body and because at first it's really intentional you know and then we create these neuromuscular patterns that become habits so that we can crawl and then stand and then walk and then do our everyday movements without conscious intentional thought. And he kind of figured out a movement-based way to interrupt that patterning to create new patterns, especially in adults, in the body that are healthier. Because it's like we all have these movement patterns and muscular use patterns that are not serving us anymore. I I had a lot. And that, that's one of the things that creates injury in the body, especially, especially in the musculoskeletal system. And so I started, I did a lot, a lot, a lot of that work, Feldenkrais, in my early injury, and I have continued it on since. And what was so, so I never had a moment where I stopped trying to fix myself, but I did have a real eye-opening lesson when I started doing this physical work, is that there are some patterns in my body that I cannot fix, no matter how hard I work, no matter how smart I am, no matter how clear and intentional I'm being. Like if my hip flexors have a pattern of constantly gripping, I cannot with my conscious mind say hip flexor turn off. Right? I, need some, I need to interrupt that, that neuromuscular pattern some other way. So that was the most eye-opening thing probably in my self-improvement to self-care path is to realize like there are things in my body and in my heart and my mind that are out of my conscious control, but yet can still be um, worked with in a loving way. Wow. Yes. Yes. And, and, and like, as you're saying that, I, I was like, oh, it's, it's still to me, like how we get about our egos. Mm-hmm. Like so many people, it's like you get a little bit of taste of yoga or meditation or Buddhism and you, and you start to realize like, oh, it's my ego. Like I'm being egotistical. And um, and then we start to beat ourselves up that we don't get to transcend the ego. It's like, <laughs> right. you know, like the ego is not going anywhere. Like the ego has been, it's, it's a structure in our brain that's it's been around for, you know, I don't even know how many generations. And it's, it's the way that we differentiate ourselves in the world, you know. But mm-hmm. what you're saying, and it's like I think people can put a lot of stress on themselves that they're being egoic, but it's like we all are. And, you know, how do we interrupt that pattern with this other part of ourself that is more self-awareness than, than judgment? And, and so it's like I just think it's such a beautiful metaphor for, like, how we can look at any change we want to make in our own self-care habits. It's like not, not trying to make the, the bad habit go away and killing it, again, trying to self-improve, but how do we wake up, like, the smaller musculature around that that, like, and, and give it a chance to be strong and, and take take away a little bit of the power of like the bigger structure. So, do you, I mean, do you feel like that that injury that that you had to work through? Do you feel like it's helped you in other parts of your like emotional and um, psychological and spiritual process? In every part, 
in every part. You know, it's, it, I mean, like what you just said was, A, beautifully said, and B, it makes me feel so excited. You know, it's like we don't have to fix anything, but we do get to work with our own hearts and our own bodies and our own minds and our own relationships in a, in a loving and conscious way. And I love that. That makes me feel so excited to get on my mat, to show up to teach, to get in a fight with my partner. You know, it all becomes practice, and the practice is to wake up to what's here right now. And I just feel, I don't know, it makes me happy. So if mm. I forgot your question. Oh, does it, did it affect, yeah, it affected everything. Yeah. It affected everything in a huge way. It, it, it changed the kind of daughter I am, you know, it changed the kind of sister I am. It was really, it was a, it was a process of maturing, I think, really quickly. Because I was forced to, because I was in so much physical pain, which then led to a huge amount of emotional pain. And there was no other option. I was totally choiceless. I had to grow up and learn how to take care of myself and how to love myself and how to care for and love the people around me in a conscious and intentional and deep way. Like I didn't have a choice. Because you have to imagine being 22 and a brand new baby yoga teacher and poor. I mean, I was poor. You know, like everybody is when they're 22 in New York. There's no way not to be. I didn't feel poor, actually. You know, I had a beautiful apartment way out in Queens with one of my best friends. And I had a life that I felt great about. But I certainly couldn't afford, like, to take taxis everywhere. I couldn't take a taxi at all anywhere. So I learned the bus system in Queens, the intricate, crazy, ridiculous bus system in Queens because I couldn't do the stairs to get down into the subway. Wow. wow. And, for, and, for, and for years I lived like that. And I had the most and still have incredible group of friends from college who really took care of me when through that time in my life. I mean, we were all, we're looking back, it's crazy. We were such babies. Like we were 20. So I had a, I had a big surgery as a part of my healing process and I was 23 and I guess I, it didn't even occur to me to, like, go home to my parents' house to have the surgery. Like, I was in New York. I was going to have the best surgeon in the world. Like, why would I leave, you know? So I, but my parents couldn't come spend two weeks caring for me. Like, they have jobs and busy lives. So my, you know, 7, 10, like, 23-year-old best friends organized, like, a, a care for me. Like, they had a chart, and everybody signed up for shifts, and... They, they took care of me for weeks after I had that surgery. And anyway, the whole process was just a huge process of, of growing up in the most beautiful way, you know. Wow. And, and like when you said that about like all your friends, like taking care of I'm just like, God, how humbling is that? You know, like how beautiful that you were able to let that happen, you know, and like what, what like an immense lesson and gift that must have been for everybody to like let yourself really be cared for in that space too there's like yeah there's, there's, yeah. A, there's a lot of humility in that and like a lot of opening in that too mm-hmm. I, it's like when you talk about it I'm like what I know that must have been so hard I'm like what a blessing too because and what I what I love about it is that you it's not like you just kind of got this lesson like let me just get through this for myself but it's like you went and you started to pass it on to your students and and you've made this the basis of, like, how you want to put yourself out there in the world is by telling your story and speaking your truth and practicing, you know, c- 
conscious self-care even when it's, it's hard to be a leader. I, I mean, I so relate to that. Um, yeah. But it's, it's just really cool. I think a lot of people could have, could have used it to kind of hide more, but it seems like you used it to really put yourself out there more. Yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> I think that is what happened. <laughs> um, yeah, and I, I just, for myself, it's like, I, I kind of have this theory that this, it's, it's not a choice, but it's like if you start to, like, practice vulnerability and practice self-care at the same time, the world will make you a leader because mm-hmm. we need more leaders. Like, I want you to be a leader because we, I want more leaders like you in the world, honestly. I know. Like, I feel the same way about you, Gracie. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. I think, like, if you, when you do this kind of work, like, you can't, there's, there's no way to keep it for yourself because that's not what it's about. What do you say to your, uh, your teachers that you're, you train when they come to you about this, this fear of, like, what they have to put out in the world not being enough in some way or if it's coming to your program feeling like they need to improve themselves in some way? Like, how do you meet that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's a fun balance because there are some really practical skills that are so helpful when you teach yoga and when you, especially when you teach private yoga. And so I love to, like, just teach the nuts and bolts, give a really strong framework for people to use. And at the same time, like, what your student needs most from you is your presence and your care. And so that's what I say to them all the time. You know, say, like, yes, I know that you're feeling deficient in this part of your teaching, and I, we can talk about that, and I'm going to teach you about that. And also, you already have everything that you need to be a wonderful teacher. And so what I will ask of you is, is the hard work of getting to know yourself and taking precious care of yourself and being as clear and open for your students as you can be so you can meet your student right where they are right now, today, give them what they need in the most simple and practical way. It's sort of like, yes, it's really hard to be vulnerable like this and it's uncomfortable and you can do it. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of like I have to model that over and over and over again. It's like, yes, it's hard. We'll hold space for the fact that it's hard, and we're going to do it anyway. Because you can, you can talk about it all you want. It's so true. And I've, I've had teachers over the years who do this. They talk about what you're saying, feel your feelings, and you know, be your self-love, self-acceptance, and they don't model it. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, it gets a little confusing, actually. I think it's, it's some of my teachers have confused me over the years. And then it's like you meet a teacher like yourself who's just doing it, and it's a whole different thing, you know, where it's, mm-hmm. it's just like you can, you need to see it. I really believe this. We need role models. Like, we need to see this stuff in action. I don't think a lot of us have necessarily had positive role models around self-care or self-love Definitely or self-acceptance. Not. Yeah. So it's like how, how beautiful that you got to be the role model that you needed. <laughs> I know that you're being that for other people. Yeah, and yeah, because you know, like I said, like what us, what your student, but also like for other people who aren't yoga teachers, what your child, what your coworker, what your boss needs from you is your presence and your care. And the only way to give them that in a clear way is to be grounded enough in yourself to be vulnerable. It's like that's that's the that's the path. Like that's that's the journey. To be grounded enough in yourself to be vulnerable. I love that. 
can you speak a little bit more? Like, what does that mean to be grounded enough in yourself to be vulnerable? And I'm sure there are other people out there who are like, how do I do mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for, it's about, for me, it's like I have to do a lot of work to stay connected to my body. I think all of us, but I know for myself, I, I very easily disconnect from my physical body when I'm feeling uncomfortable about anything, which is most of the time. I feel a little uncomfortable about something. Um, so I have to do practices that help me feel connected to my physical body. And because then when I, once I connect, and I can talk more about those if you want, and once I connect to my physical body, then I become more aware of, like, the mental chatter, you know, the disco ball that's happening in my mind. And um, once I see that for what it is, you know, and I hold space for that, then it's not like the mental chatter doesn't stop. I don't stop being uncomfortable about the list of six things that are stressing me out right now, but I'm aware of them. And it's that awareness and it's the connection to my physical body. It's the connection to my emotional body that makes me, and like really seeing it, that makes me grounded enough to be vulnerable. Because I think what makes me ungrounded, and I imagine most of us, is being disconnected. Does that make sense hell, to you, Gracie? Hell yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what I mean, that's it is. <laughs> you, you said it really well. I really, I can relate so much, but, like, I think most of us, um, we, we just start to disassociate. I think reality, we learn these patterns really early on in our lives that when we get too mm-hmm. stressed out or overwhelmed, mm-hmm. and it, we disassociate and we, we start to escape into our brain and our fantasies and our imagination. And I definitely did it growing up. Like when I experienced trauma in my family, like I started, I had a really rich imaginative life that I would just go mm-hmm. to. And, mm-hmm. and I don't, I look back and like, I'm so glad I had that one because I didn't have other coping mechanisms at the time. I didn't know about yoga. Like I, I didn't have people I could talk to. It was just like, that was smart to disassociate a little bit. Right. And, yeah. and it helped me to develop a really rich Im- imagination, which has helped me so much in being able to like really envision and create the life that I want from a place that, you know, I'm not, I'm not doing what everyone else is doing most of the time. Um, and I think it is because I've had to go through more of those dissociative moments. And, I don't, that, those patterns don't really serve me that much anymore because I really want to be present. And like you're saying, not just for myself, but I want to be present for my clients and my students and my, my mm. friends and my loved ones. And so it, it, it is like a real retraining to be like, I don't need to do that anymore, actually. I can, I can keep my mind steady in here with meditation and with my breath and with my body by doing a yoga practice. And, yeah. um, and just in that, I, I, what I like want more than anything for us is just us to not be hard on ourselves for our quote unquote bad habits, but just Mm -hmm. to really look at if they're still serving us. And, and then like you're saying is to just create the, create the good habits around there that that can help us to really get more of what we're looking for in our lives. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's, it's a beautiful thing to point out is that our habit, you know, that we formed mostly in childhood had a, there was a reason there was a protective reason that we created those habits we needed that right to to take care of ourselves if we didn't have that care from other places and so it's 
not that they're, like you're saying, it's not that they're bad. It's just that they're outdated. It's like we have to update our self-care, our protective habits now, you know, away from the child-based ones and onto more adult forms of protection and love and self-care. Yeah. Like our, we, just like the same way we, like, update our operating system on our computer. Like, I think we do that all the time with our habits, too. Like, how am I, yeah. am I actually living my life and are there bugs? And like we get like then if our computer can do it, why can't we do it? Why do we have to make this so much of our identity of like God, oh, I'm this person who like can't have doesn't have control over food or you know, these stories we tell ourselves which can be so disempowering. But right. the, the opposite is like it's pretty open and it's pretty free, you know, what you're saying and, and that's why I think having some structure and some guidance and some role models is really powerful to like be like, No, this is yeah. how you do it, little by little, kindness. Um, yeah. And I remember you telling me, you know, about your, your training course and, like, what, what was happening with your students. And, and I was like, that just sounds much deeper than, like, becoming a yoga teacher. And you were like, yeah, it's really – I mean, I think it's, like, kind of like how to be a human being. Isn't that, like, what you're teaching people? Yeah. I mean, what a um, – that's such a compliment. Like, what an on- humble – honor, you know, and, but that is the feedback I've gotten over and over again from my, I mean, it's a very specific and intentional teacher training. It's for people who are already yoga teachers and who want to learn how to teach private lessons because it's not taught for people who aren't yoga teachers. You won't know this, but when you do a yoga teacher training, you just learn how to teach group classes, which is a beautiful and challenging thing to learn how to do, but it's, almost completely opposite of the skills that you need to teach one-on-one. So that's what I teach. I just teach those skills. How do you teach one-on-one private yoga lessons? Like, it, it's specific. And yet, what people tell me over and over again is that it has changed the way they interact in all their other relationships. So it has this wide-reaching impact. It's humbling to hear that. Yeah, again, the humbling. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's mm-hmm. how I feel, too, all the time. It's like I just feel... I feel so humbled, you know, by any any of that feedback that I get from my clients and just that. Um, but I think the humbling is really the secret. Like, I don't think that we, we could be leaders in doing this, this kind of work and, and really helping other people to look inside in such a, like, real way if we were not constantly humbled by it. And, like, yeah. just, I don't know. Like, if you, if you meet your teachers out there who are just, like, have it all figured out, like, I would just really, you know look a little deeper and just like really realize that they're human beings and that they're doing this process too. I hope, Mm -hmm. I hope this conversation is helping those of you out there just to realize that like you can be so feeling imperfect and, and you can still be like a really amazing leader or really inspirational force. And that's just the the real secret is just a willingness to show up and, and put yourself out there. I think that's, that's what feels right to me. Yeah. What what, what would you add to that? I think you said it really well. I mean, it's it's not that you like you can, you can be imperfect and then still be a leader. Every single one of us is so deeply imperfect, right? So it's like we just that is what it is to be human and then having the courage to go into your own darkness so that you can move forward and out of that and then you will be a leader. That's the bottom line. It will happen. Amen. Amen. Um, I love this. Thank, thank you so much for being here and for sharing. And I, I, I just, I'm really inspired by you and what you're doing and how you're, you're really, um, really putting it out there and you're really walking your talk. And I just want to promote you. So I'm going to do that right now that if you are a yoga teacher and you're out there and you're listening to this or you know someone who is and you're in that person 
is having trouble finding work and teaching yoga where they're making enough money or finding, you know, the fulfilling one-on-one connections that they're looking for, that you should sign up for Francesca's training. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about the details of, like, when it starts and where they can go? Yeah, sure. You, you can find all the information at my website, francescasevero.com, and click on the online training page. So this is a training that you can do from anywhere in the world, as long as you have a computer and an Internet connection. And it starts February 8th. Registration is open now, and it closes February 3rd. And um, it'll, it runs for 12 weeks. And so we spend 12 weeks together. There's lots of different kinds of media in, in the program. There's live footage of me teaching private clients. There's live footage of me teaching this teacher training in a, in a live format. There's um, hours and hours and hours of lecture and articles I've written and me. And then I'm, in, I'm there every day answering questions. So it's just a way to spend 12 weeks digging into this material. And it's, I'll say too, it's appropriate for people. The framework of the conversation is based in yoga. But because it's mostly about being in one-on-one relationship with a student or a client, I've had people who weren't yoga teachers take it, physical therapists, Feldenkrais practitioners, Pilates teachers, personal trainers, and all of those people have gotten a ton out of it. So it, it, maybe I have to rename it someday. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, the science of teaching private, so that's what it's called, right? Yeah, it's called the science of the private lesson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think that, that totally spans it there. And, and, you know, all of that knowledge, and I just want to say that what, what you're really going to get is the depth of Francesca's teaching and practice, which has come, you know, hard won and and beautifully won. And I'm just, I'm excited for everyone out there to continue to learn from you. So I want to thank you for taking the time and sharing with us and um, inspiring us. Thank you, Gracie. Thanks so much. So nice to connect with you. And you know how much I love the work you're doing and so just happy for the world that you're doing it. So thanks for letting me be a part of it today. You are completely welcome. And, you know, let's just keep going. <laughs> keep helping each other out with this. Totally. One foot in front of the other. That's all we can yeah, do. Yeah, and, and perfectly and, like, you know, holding hands. So rock on. Okay, Beautiful. well, thanks, Francesca. And thanks, everyone, for listening. And I'll look forward to connecting with you all soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Hi, this is Gracie with Beautiful Life Self-Care. Thanks so much for listening to the show. I hope you learned something new. If you want to connect more, then visit me at selfcarewithgracie.com. There you can sign up for my weekly newsletter where on Wednesday afternoons, I'll send you more self-care practices, more inspiration, and more opportunity to connect to a community of people who really care about really good self-care. Also, write me if you have any other questions or if you have ideas for future shows. My email address is selfcarewithgracie at gmail.com. Thanks a lot. And remember, keep putting yourself first and everything else will fall into place.